0: We so thank you for joining us at Connections Podcast. We, as educators of human connection, invite and encourage healing and facilitate personal growth through impeccable honesty, rigorous personal responsibility, and vulnerable humility. We invite everyone who's interested in gaining greater connection with oneself, others, and God. To continue on your educational road to happiness and joy through our simple yet life changing three step curriculum. First, search our library for personal learning, podcasts, videos, and workbooks. Second, register with our classroom for familial, parental, expert, and business classes. And third, join our community for personal coaching and group practicums. Thank you again. And enjoy our podcast. Today, I want to discuss a topic uh, that affects all of us, and it is, as many of my topics, um, is a focus on motives, and how motives drive our acts of kindness. So our acts of being nice, our acts of being kind, our acts of being helpful, our acts of being agreeable, okay, these acts that appear on the surface to be so helpful and supportive of another person, and yet, if you are not aware of your motives, if you are unconscious of your agendas, and they are in the shadows of your uh, mind, you could behave in a way that you would quote as kind. And yet the person who's receiving your acts or words of kindness does not feel that at all. They might feel um, attacked or misjudged or controlled. Um, and so I would like to spend uh, today talking about in this podcast, control with kindness, quote unquote, and invite all of us to really take a look at what is driving this desire to be kind. I hear this a lot. My desire to be kind. I want to be seen as kind. I want to be seen as likable, helpful, um, happy, uh, willing, kind hearted on and on and on. I'm going to read about 30 words to you that I just came up with and, um, they all connote, uh, some angle towards kindness towards, um, being empathic. And so therefore my desire to connect with another person, um, and the invitation that I'm going to um, offer to all of us is to really take a close examination of yourself every time you engage in some kind of language or behavioral manifestation of kindness or any, uh, any of these other words. You must know what your motives are because your motives are key in what actually is coming out of your body and what's coming out of your mouth. It could be motives where you're trying to control and you're just saying, I'm being kind, but really in the background you're wanting control or they could be motives where you really genuinely are being kind and you want nothing. You want absolutely nothing. Your gift of kindness is free. Um, it's without being uh, judgmental and Uh, It's for that person to do whatever they'd like with it. So for many, many people, um, being a kind and nice. And like I said, I'm going to read about 30 words. Okay, so listen to these. If any of these fit for you or maybe you've got a handful that fit for you, then write them down as I'm reading them to you. So if you are trying to be these particular characteristics, these adjectives, uh, listen up. So for many people being kind, being nice, being sweet, quote unquote, being agreeable, pleasant, being good, scrupulous, thoughtful, fastidious, being likable or agreeable, being considerate and courteous and friendly and helpful, being godlike and benevolent, being amicable and affable, accommodating, caring and considerate. Being supportive and generous and cooperative and neighborly and altruistic. Being a compassionate, considerate, kind-hearted, tender-hearted, empathic, magnanimous, propitious, willing, and forgiving being. Being an enabling being and loving person. All of those characteristics connote very particular behaviors that a person would engage in. And most importantly, the person who's engaging those behaviors would be looking for particular outcomes that their behavior would create. It would bear specific fruits, such as the other person who's receiving all of those characteristics, all those um, lovely acts of goodness and kindness would show up and respond and believe and know and see and verbalize with their words and also their nonverbals in a very particular manner the which being they would show gratitude and they would acknowledge you as giving them relief from whatever emotional spiritual financial physical um commitment whatever they're in need of reprieve from and they would express that you are many of those things those words that are just lifted above this is what many people desire to have as an outcome. Never ever thinking second thought to what their motive is. And more importantly, if their motives are based in truth or distortion. So think about that. We want to be seen and known as all of those words, as loving and. magnanimous and kind hearted and pleasant and likable and friendly and amicable and considerate and generous and on and on and on and on and on. We all want that, right? Unless you're a sociopath and then you don't care, but there's not very many of those around. So why, why do I want to be seen as nice, as helpful? What does that mean about me? to be seen that way. And if I'm seen as thoughtful, then what does that mean about me? So for example, if I pay for someone else's gas, at the gas station, what does that say or mean about me? And if I snow blow my neighbor's driveway, what does that mean about me? If I make breakfast for my family and I'm willing to give up my time pulling weeds for the family farm and I give counsel to someone who asks um, to have marital support. What does that mean about me? And why am I doing those things? What is the internal or external motivator inside me? Do I know? Do you know? Think about that. Do you know? Do you stop? And do you think about what's motivating you? if I'm not a being who has spent much time getting to know myself and choosing millions of times over to choose to do things without agendas, then I will default and choose to be motivated by something other than charity. Something other than truth, something other than being honest, responsible and humble. So let's look at the two reasons why people behave and desire and strive or are willing to act And verbalize kindness. So one outcome for behaving this way, for choosing kindness and compassion, being helpful, etc., is to do so because I'm a being who honors myself, who honors my commitments, who honors my values, who takes care of myself and respects myself, which which translates into being emotionally honest, personally responsible, and vulnerably humble. I'm someone who knows how to empathize and validate. I'm a being who's more concerned with supporting someone authentically by sharing reality with them, even if reality is not popular, or it would be upsetting or disappointing, or it create anger or create disconnect. Uh, not because I'm creating disconnect, but they might choose to disconnect if I share the reality with them. Someone who can say, "Quote, you know, Charles." He's someone I feel safe around and I can trust him. He's so real and he's willing to be emotional and very logical as well. I always know he'll be straight with me. A being who chooses to live those types of characteristics doesn't look for any particular outcome of their acts of kindness. The only thing they're interested in is that they have a charitable and honest heart and that their behaviors reflect their charity and their honesty So, for example, if this person showed up and they had a motive of truth, um, it uh, it would look like this. So uh, the experience is, I gave you the last donut. That's the experience. Somebody in truth would say, I want you to know that you are important to me. And that's why they did it. Somebody in distortion, somebody who's motivated in distortion would say, I want you to be happy. Like me, think I'm nice and thoughtful. Give, give me the donut next time. Tell others about me, how nice I am. Someone who is not looking for the reaction of the other person. Only that they were willing to be honest, responsible, and humble. Which means that they'll be vulnerable. They'll validate. They'll hold boundaries. They'll have compassion. Regardless if their flavor of kind is upsetting to them. So for example, the person will be honest with the other person that that is kind, even if the the other person gets upset, being kind with this type of motivation is not very common because if someone is in distortion and you share your thoughts, your, your thoughtfulness or love or caring, you would have to invite, you'd have to invite the distortion to leave in the other person and confront the person on their choices, such as. I'm not okay with you dropping your commitments and not expressing how I feel, and, I, and I'm going to express how I feel about that. Or, I feel as though you're not being straightforward with your answer to my question. It appears manipulative how you're behaving. Or, I will not be staying in this conversation, this situation, or experience, or relationship if you continue to behave aggressively. Or, I expect to have complete fidelity in this relationship or marriage and complete fidelity includes no lying, no hiding, no lusts, no secrets, no victim of any kind. These types of statements are all kind, loving, caring, thoughtful, necessary. These kind of conversations invite the other person to become full of integrity Someone has to care enough about another person's poor, inappropriate, aggressive, sinful, selfish behavior to invite them to come out or that person will um, feel and be enabled in it and stay there for a lifetime. Someone must be really kind and truly evidence these characteristics so the person can escape that distortion the other position of why or the reasons or outcomes for choosing kindness or compassion being loving nice etc has a motive that is not in truth the motive is an attempt to control to control so the first motive is about being honest and being responsible and being willing to Um, be vulnerable with the person and tell them what the truth is from your perspective and stay in reality with them and confront them and be willing to um, walk through a a thorough penance process with them if needs be and being willing to um, have them be upset, even being willing to have them leave the relationship for the sake of, you staying in honesty, you staying in true kindness. So, um, the motive in the second way is attempted to control, control what? Why would I want to control and what am I trying to control? So the first motive is being driven by charity and the second motive is being driven by control. It would seem that all of us, everyone would choose the first outcome, charity, every time. Charity means voluntarily giving, loving without expectation, kindness without agenda, without ever looking back. Yet most of us, most of the time engage in our quote unquote acts of kindness, our quote unquote giving of charity, our quote unquote verbals of love with absolute desire to control. Which means I'm going to do this, this thing, I'm going to say something, I'm going to share with you, I'm going to work for you, I'm going to give to you, I'm going to speak for you, or not speak for you, so I'm going to do this so that I can have or get a very particular outcome from you. That's control. I know you, and I know, because I've seen it, I've heard it, I've experienced it, that if I do this or that, you will do or say or react like this or that. Okay. So I've watched you and I know how to invite you into a dynamic of control because I know how you're going to respond. So I'm not giving or being nice or kind or loving or helpful to you in any way at all. I'm doing and saying and behaving in very deliberate ways. Let's use the word manipulative. Very manipulative ways, so I can hope to receive a very exact response from you. I run you. I know how to push your buttons, call it nice and loving. Yet all along it's the old bait and switch. Look over here so you don't see what's coming. It's good old manipulation at its finest. Garden variety deception, snake in the grass. Look at the right hand while I deck you with the left. One person said, it feels like scary magic because it appears, it appears like it's good, like it's nice, like it's honest, like it's responsible. It appears devoted. It's a semblance of commitment and loyalty. It appears caring and concerning. And consecrated and ardent. It looks like I've got your back. It looks dedicated and devout and faithful and constant and fervid and staunch and thoughtful and steadfast. It appears true. It appears admiring and passionate and avid and desirous and intense. Yet it's all an illusion if the person doing the acts of kindness is motivated not by charity. If the person is not motivated by impeccable honesty, rigorous personal responsibility, and vulnerable, vulnerable humility, then it's an illusionary hidden from view, intentional deception and trickery attempts to conjure up, uh, misrepresentations of reality to mislead intentionally to cheat the system of honesty and being, and, 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 um, Uh, creating craftiness and cunningness and defrauding their relationships to ravage them and use them to hide. It's masterful duplicity and hypocrisy. It's actions are shadowed. And if the person is conscious of their motives, it's downright actions, quote unquote, in the dark. It's very deliberate. So the manipulation falls along a continuum in this uh, particular <clears throat> uh, motive of kindness. So, on one end of the continuum, it's very conscious, it's intentional, it's thought out, it's deliberate, it's hypocritical. And on the other end of the, of the spectrum is unconscious, reactionary, fear driven. There's patterns that usually last a lifetime that they haven't thought about, it's incredibly immature. And they both produce the same outcomes and that is control. However, one is much more deliberate. One's more pathological than the other. And I don't want to uh, suggest that one is um, better than the other. They both are creating um, uh, destruction in their relationships. However, one is just unconscious that they're doing it. If you were to say uh, that doesn't feel kind, they'd go, what are you talking about? Um, and their pride, their distortion would preclude them from uh, looking at themselves because if they would just look at themselves, they would be willing to see like, Oh, I get it. I see why I'm doing that now. But for many people, they're not willing to do that. So they just continue in their own consciousness. So all of this manipulation or attempts to control, not only the person or thing being acted upon, but a, more importantly, myself, I'm trying to control myself I am attempting to control myself, control how I feel about myself, control what I think, control what I know, control what I, how I interpret. Because at the core of myself, I experience a fear of not being worthy, not being good, not being lovable, not being enough, not being important or valued or adequate. And these feelings, slash fears, come from the many, many, many distorted thoughts I've experienced and believed. They come from all the thousands of times I've not been honest nor responsible and knew it, knew that I wasn't being honest and responsible and made myself vulnerable to, to believe distortion that says, if you did this, that means you're bad. You're not kind. You're selfish. For example, when you were 12 and you would not share your new bike with your brother and he said, you know, you're mean and you believed it. You still didn't share the bike, but you believed that you were mean. Therefore, you swallowed one of those distortions. Or the time that you were throwing rocks and you hit a car passing by and you ran out of fear of being responsible. A distortion said to you, That means you're bad, and you believed it. Or the time you broke your sister's toy because you were playing roughly with it. And when you saw her crying, you said, You're such a baby. You knew because you were aware of what you did and that what you did was wrong and you needed to fess up and be honest and responsible for what you did and that her crying was because of you and your choices. All of those things you knew that if you would have been willing to be honest and responsible for your choices, you could have had some protection from hearing the distortion and more importantly, believing it. Yet you were not willing to do so. And what I'd like to say is you probably didn't know how to do that. So it was more than just not being willing. You didn't know that owning your behavior would have protected you. You thought that concealing and hiding and deceiving was a better choice. Yet all of those experiences and thousands more, and all of us have these, invited us into a belief system called distortion that has said to you, because of this, this means You are bad, you are unworthy, you are sinful, you are not enough, you are unlovable, shame. This shame is what all of us are attempting to control. As we heal our shame, we will naturally activate the motivation of number one, and have kindness be motivated by charity. But if we don't heal these distortions and reframe them back into truth, this fear that we are bad will drive us and our acts of kindness and love and compassion will be consciously or unconsciously driven by our fear to control not only you, but more importantly, control me and attempt to control these statements that are deceptive about myself. The action that um, we are historically and presently engaged is an action and cannot be used to translate <clears throat> us into a state of being. So what that means is, is that whatever it is that we do historically or have done historically or what we're doing presently cannot be translated into a state of being. Like, I can't say I um, um, washed my friend's uh, sweater And I um, used uh, too much bleach and I um, ruined it. Um, And therefore I am bad. (laughs) It's an action. I washed my neighbor's or my friend's sweater and I ruined it. Those are all actions and it cannot be translated into. Therefore that means I'm foolish or I'm no good or I'm inadequate. You can't translate something you've done into something you are. There's no truth in the statement that, quote unquote, I did this and therefore it means I am. The truth is, I am divine, period. That's it. I am divine. I never have to think about that again. I am divine. And I I ruined my friend's sweater. (laughs) Um, And I feel bad about that. So everything that we do here on the planet is an action. They're actions. It doesn't ever translate into I am ever. However, when we are not honest, because honesty and responsibility brings protection, it brings truth into the picture. Like I said to my friend, I ruined your your sweater. I'll take care of it. I'll buy you a new one. I'll give you some money for it. I'm so sorry. When I get out of that dishonesty, I have no Fear. I don't need to hide. If I'm willing to be honest about what it is that I, I've done or what it is I'm doing, there's no need. I don't feel this, this weight of going, oh my goodness, hide, hide, protect yourself. Right. Cause it's out in the open. But so many of us, either we were not taught this or, um, we were modeled to not be honest because if I was honest, I'd get hit or I'd get screamed at, or I'd be told I was not enough. I'd get their distortions. So I was modeled to not be honest or responsible. And so I'm not suggesting that we deliberately are just not trying to be this way. I get that there's all sorts of reasons why we are not interested or it would be dangerous for us to be honest and responsible. And I'm telling you that in order to really learn how to have acts of charity slash kindness, You must be willing to go through your history and address the areas where, um, you feel like you want to control. And one of the best ways to point it out is look where you control when you're being quote unquote kind. Just look like, why am I doing this? Am I trying to get someone to do something for me or say something about me or look at me a certain way or recognize me or or say I'm good or you know what am why am I doing this? Or is it an act that I can do anonymously and walk away from? Because if I'm enacting control in my act quote unquote of kindness, I have pain right there. And the pain is saying, please see that I'm good. Please see that I'm enough please acknowledge that I'm valuable and I'm lovable. Please, please, please acknowledge that that's what you're saying. And people don't know how to translate that because it's kind of hidden. It's kind of underneath the layers, right? And this is how you start uncovering why you show up in acts of kindness, the way that you do. Please be willing. I, Implore you because this is the only way you're going to start healing those distortions. You know, many people who are listening to these podcasts have a couple decades under their belt at least. And after you've lived on the planet for a couple decades, you've had millions of experiences, millions of them. And many of our experiences have been perceived through distortion. You've done things and you've said, This means. You got a a grade that you feel like you didn't deserve. And all of a sudden it means I'm stupid and you've bought into these distortions. I remember, um, uh, my math teacher telling me that I wasn't as smart as my sister. My sister was two years older than me, had the same math teacher told me I wasn't as smart as my sister. And I carried that distortion with me probably into my early forties. I didn't know it was there until one day it bubbled up. And it came to my consciousness and I remember feeling fear around math. And then I look back at my high school days and my college days and I remember doing all that I could to avoid it because I was stupid. I wasn't as smart as my sister. And the truth is is that there's no truth in that. There's no truth in that at all. It was a distortion that I believed It was his distortion (laughs) that he invited me to have. And I said, sure, I'll pick that one up and swallowed it down and held it with me for what? 40 years, 30 years. We pick up distortions on a daily basis and it is our responsibility to keep reframing them back into the truth. Because if I keep picking those things up and believing them, I will act in kindness with an agenda. I will, quote-unquote, be loving with a motive. A motive of wanting something from you. Of wanting to control you somehow. So, invitation for all of us. What I did, okay? What, what I'm going to go back to this thought of <clears throat> doing does not equate to being. So, what I did is always what I did and I always need to clean up what I did. I need to repent. I need to make penance for what I did so I can be honest and responsible and humble around what I did and have some relief from what I did. So I don't have to carry around what I did carry it around. Like it's a lie or It's a secret or it's deceptive. It's heavy. And if I don't choose to clean it up, I will believe it means that I am bad and I will be forced to engage in controlling behaviors, to try, to try to assuage my fears of not being enough or feeling less than. But all of my trying, it can never be done because it's not possible. Because the original statement of you did this and therefore it means you are not enough is a lie. But we don't believe that. So we spend so much time and sometimes our whole life trying, 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 trying to be and act a certain way, which is kind and loving and helpful. And we engage in control. And being kind, loving, and helpful, when we engage in kind, loving, and helpful through control, that's just one angle of control. I can have addictions that's controlling. I mean, I can, I can control in lots of different ways. So the reason I control is because I want to feel and know that I'm good and I'm enough. I want to feel loving and helpful, etc. I endeavor to control my relationships by being these adjectives of kind and loving so I can have the particular outcome I desire. I want to be good instead of I am bad. So if I, again, am not willing to clean that stuff up and recognize on a daily basis why I'm behaving why I'm choosing kind like what my motivation is um I could default into control so I want to read to you a whole list okay and there's many more uh characteristics and ways to describe controlling behavior that gets presented as kindness and niceness and thoughtfulness and being helpful. So here's a long list of characteristics, actions and motives of controlling behavior. So you can see how the manipulation works. So I want to be seen as kind, yet when I do acts of kindness to be seen, I'm not being kind. Let me say that again. I want to be seen as kind, yet when I do acts of kindness to be seen, I'm not kind. I'm not motivated by love or pure desire to give. When I do acts of kindness out of control, I feel anxiety. Here's another one. I behave in kind and loving and long suffering ways as to prove, quote unquote, whatever is happening in the relationship is not my fault. (laughs) That quote unquote blame would never go to the nice one. And I'm the nice one. So I'm totally controlling my motives or my dishonest motives. I am kind and nice because I'm very afraid of feeling anger. My own anger, and especially someone else's anger, scares me to death, and so I try to control them so that I don't feel their anger nor my own. I cover up my fear, my distorted thoughts, by being righteous or kind or good because then I will feel enough. I'll feel perfect. Here's another one. I'm kind and nice to distract or control from how bad I think I am. I don't make hard decisions because the decisions might not entail being nice. When I engage in being nice with a motive to control, I feel more worthy. I feel better. I feel more valuable and important. I'm elevated. I'm right and powerful. I can change or I can control things and people and experiences. I'm more holy or special than others. It means I'm selfless when I'm being nice in this controlling manner. And because I'm selfless, that means I love my fellow man more than I love myself. The directive is to love yourself first and then love your fellow man. (laughs) In this type of control or distraction, I feel like I'm on a high. I feel better than others. I feel like I'm okay now. I'm acceptable. I'm better than I was before. I'm constantly comparing myself to others and feeling better than them. It feels like a healthy dose of toxic fuel instead of true, true fuel, giving me a false sense of energy. It says, quote, look how good I am, unquote, because now you feel nurtured. You feel soothed, more comfortable, more happy. It's my selfish hit, quote unquote, of pseudo validation. I try to put myself in the person's center. So they will look to me and not to anyone or anything else. And I call this kindness and love. Here's another one. When I'm kind, quote unquote, I'm looking for accolades and seeking admiration. I'm loving, quote unquote, because I want to avoid discomfort. I want to be kind and nice. When I'm worried, or another word for worried, when I'm control controlling <clears throat> about others' feelings about me, So I'm worried about how people feel about me and think about me and I can justify my actions or I can hide my actions through being kind to them, to make them, manipulate them to like me. When I'm, when I'm quote unquote kind, I get to quote unquote control how they see me at family gatherings. So we can all act like we're one big happy family and pretend there is no contention, contention. Being quote unquote kind means quote, I can't hold my boundaries or be honest because those people won't feel that it's nice and I want them to see me as nice. I want people to like me and I want to be kind, but I can't be kind to me because I want to be accepted, but I want them to be kind to me through charity, not control like I'm doing to them. If I'm kind, bad things won't happen. People will advocate and stand up for me and say nice things about me at my funeral. (laughs) I mean, isn't this sad? This is how people, this is how we're walking around in this trap. Here's another one. If I'm kind and thoughtful, I want to have, um, or I won't have to be responsible for my um, past choices. I can make it up somehow without disclosing what I've done. Here's another one. The kindest thing a wife can do is to not tell me, and me as her husband, how I affect her. Nagging or giving someone feedback, it's called nagging, according to this person. Giving someone feedback is the opposite of kindness. (laughs) It's not kind of you to be mad at me for not moving the lawn, mowing the lawn. Translated into... It's not kind of you to be mad at me for not keeping my commitments. You didn't even acknowledge that I took our kids out to breakfast. Wow. Manipulative. Can you hear it? My mom taught me to be how to be a goodly wife <clears throat> is to always be nice. And that meant to never raise my voice and never contradict my husband. I should be nice because it's the right thing to do. To be nice and kind means I'm likable and lovable. I'll have good friends and nice things will be said about me. My parents will be proud of me. It means I'm good when I sacrifice my wants and needs in order to please and do for others. My needs and feelings don't matter much. Nice people don't express sadness and anger. They are happy all the time. And being nice or not being nice means disapproval from parents if I'm not those things. So I want to share a couple stories right along the same line, the same um, thought process um, from a person that is uh, dear to me. So she told a story. She said, um, while I was delivering Christmas gifts uh, this past Christmas, I had told the children that I was going to uh, stop by their house And when I did, I was met um, at this particular house uh, with an eight-year-old and a five-year-old. When the two girls opened the door, I could see the little five-year-old's face lit up. She turned to her sister and said, in a very reasonable tone, See, I told you she'd come and bring me my own gift. The mother came up behind her and very sternly leaned down. Get ready for the irony here. And tersely said, quote unquote, Stacy, Stacy. When faced with a chance to be right or kind, always be kind. Now go to your room. It hurt as I watched this little girl's honest excitement shatter as she defeatedly walked to her room with a nasty distortion to keep her company. You wonder how this stuff gets taught to children? There you go. Here's another story. In chatting with a friend, she was describing some really hurtful feelings about some extended family members. And I noticed that every time she would describe something that was hurtful, disconnecting, unsafe, etc., she would follow each one up with, quote, But they're really so kind or such a good person or nice. When I asked her if she could be more specific with what was kind or nice, she struggled to come up with anything that honestly felt that way. Using qualifiers like nice and kind can oftentimes just be used as bubble wrap to soften the pain of an honest comment like, quote, it hurts when my father-in-law demeans women, but bring out the bubble wrap. He is such a kind man, unquote. I have used being kind and nice as a descriptor hooked to to my worth, as if my kindness drove up my stock price, quote, I'm the kind one. I'm the peacemaker, unquote. Too many times I have used the excuse of nice and kind as the sheep's clothing to my wolf. I just want to be kind in real translation. Too many times meant, quote, I'm terrified to be honest. That is so important. Let me say that again. I just want to be kind in real translation. So many times for this person meant I'm terrified to be honest. But kindness can be an awfully tricky I'm sorry but kindness can be an awfully thick frosting that can cover or control nearly everything and anything it looks good but tastes terrible wow poignant poignant so choosing to be kind to that va- is vastly different than choosing to appear kind choosing to be kind is vastly different than choosing to appear kind one is hooked to illusion control the being kind is hooked into truth it's hooked into charity it's hooked into you don't want an agenda it's free motive is the key kindness caring helpful nice must be without conditions when you give a gift any gift there are three components that always accompany your gift and will shed light on the motive of your giving. If you have a motive of truth, which is honest, responsible, humble, these characteristics will follow. One, the receiver will feel the emotion you felt, and they will feel touched. Number two, you gave that gift freely. And number three, the person you gave to, um, they... uh. Connected, or they counted sacrifice as a bargain, a treasure. So, another way to translate this is another way of saying that language. Number one, if you give a gift and you do it without conditions, you have empathy when you see the other person's vulnerability. You have empathy when you see someone else's vulnerability. Number two, motives are pure and without control. Number three, The efforts of kindness and service and thoughtfulness result in connection, a treasure, and therefore a bargain. Kindness equals connection, which connection equals a lifestyle of being honest, rigorously responsible, and vulnerably humble. We so appreciate you and your support in spreading this crucial message to your family your friends and your coworkers, your greatest compliment to us would be for you to refer your loved ones to the podcast and classes at connectionsclassroom.com please go on to youtube facebook and instagram and follow us for continual education motivation and truth stay connected my friends